So yes, so there's, can I get some peace and quiet? Uh, peace out, like, see you, bye. Don't want to be around you anymore. <laughs> what else? Anything else? Uh, have you heard the expression, make peace with something? Whether it's internal or external. Yeah, and so as we, as we talk about peace today in the fruit of the spirit, this is the third thing. And one of the interesting things that I've noticed in studying this is that joy and peace often go hand in hand. So like last week, um, you know, from verses 16 through 24 in John chapter 16, it was about joy. And then Jesus goes on to talk about peace. Um, and Paul does the same thing in a lot of his writings, um, whether we're talking about Galatians or I think Philippians, Ephesians, Romans, definitely, um, and probably first and second Corinthians as well. He, he links the two together. Um, and in Greek, the word that is used for peace in this and the Galatians and the John passages is irene. I haven't taken Greek, so you know I have no idea if that's right, but it means peace, quietness, or rest. Um, so that's the Greek understanding of things. I wonder though if um, if Jesus at this point was speaking Aramaic or Hebrew to his disciples, and whether or not he used the word shalom which is the Hebrew word for peace. And it's not, it's not just a like lack of conflict or an internal feeling. Um, shalom in the Hebrew sense is about wholeness and freedom from fear and want. It's about contentment in relationship with God and others in creation. It's a big word. And it's one of my favorite words in Hebrew. Um, for those of you who have gotten emails from me, you've probably noticed that I sign it chesed and shalom, Karen. Chesed is loving kindness, which is what God chases us with. And shalom is kind of this peace that is undefinable and yet gives us wholeness all at the same time. We, in a lot of ways, part of why I think I think Paul lists these nine things is that we can't actually do this for ourselves in a lot of ways, at least the internal factors of it. And so as um, I want to focus on the last uh, line or the last verse in the John passage where Jesus is telling his disciples, I have told you this, these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's a strong message that's just kind of tucked in there, right? He's like going on, you know, the disciples are confused. They're like, what is he, you know, in the passage before they're mumbling to themselves. God, what are you, you know, Jesus, what are you talking about? You know, what's he talking about? Mumble, mumble. And Jesus knows, he, I think he, he has supernatural hearing. Um, <laughs> he can hear things far away and he can hear people's hearts. Um, and so he you know, talks about it and he's like, well, 
here you go. Here's some plain language. And they're like, oh, now I believe. And I'm sure he, in my mind anyway, he raises an eyebrow at them and is like, really? This is what makes you believe now? Um, not all of the miracles that you've seen <laughs> for the last two and a half years or three years, whatever it was. Um, and so he says this. He says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. And do, do you hear that really small phrase that's also tucked in there? In me, Jesus is talking about himself. This is where we get peace, right? So last week with joy, I talked about the internal and the external aspects of joy and how really it's an internal kind of thing. Uh, the definition that I used uh, that I was, I was delighted with was a quiet uh, or calm delight, something like that. And peace goes very closely with that. Um, and so from an internal standpoint, we get peace when we are in Christ. That is what Jesus promises us. And that happens in two ways. We've got peace with God, right? And then we have peace of God. They're, they're two different things. And so with God, um, traditional language would probably be that we are saved through trust in Jesus Christ. So with God, we have peace when we're part of, you know, the family grafted in. Of God is to me, we are given by the spirit through the fruit of the spirit we have access to God's foundational peace that God has like all the time. We can't emulate something that God isn't. Does that make sense? So like when Paul is, is listing these nine things, now it's not an exhaustive list, like I've said before, but these are things that make, that make us stand out from the crowd that show that we are living in some way differently because what we have internally seeps out of us or overflows from us and we share it with the world. And as Jesus tells us in this uh, verse, in verse 33, Jesus offers us peace in the midst of trouble. Like the way that it's phrased in my Bible is in this world, you will have trouble, period. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no caveats. There's no, oh, you know, in this situation, you'll be fine. Uh, -uh. Jesus is, he's just very matter of fact in this case. And then he encourages his disciples and says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And if you, and the implication of that is if you are in me, if you have relationship with me, if you believe and trust in me, then you will overcome the world as well and have the peace that I am giving you. So as I'm talking about this, how many of you are like, how do we get this, right? Cause the, like from a practicality standpoint of which, you know, I am very Wesleyan. Um, John Wesley was very practical and so am I. It's like, who cares about the theology unless I can implement it? Um, so how do we access this piece? Mm -hmm. We ask for it, right? In what you could call prayer or conversation with God. 
How many of you think that that is both simple and hard at the same time? Everybody, right? So one of the things that um, as I've prayed for this piece to ripen in my life, um, I've noticed some things and some other authors have, have said some things as well. So peace, one of the first things that internal peace does is check our egos. Like I said, two weeks ago in the love um, sermon, uh, there are things that I remind myself of on a regular basis. One, I am replaceable. And two, I am not nearly as important as my ego says I am. <laughs> and so peace, when we have peace from Jesus, our egos are diminished. The desire for vindication really isn't an option because there's an acceptance of it. When, remember, the, make peace with something. We are able not necessarily to agree, but to accept what is. And a lot of times when we, are, when we pray for peace, we're given a choice. We're given a choice of maybe letting some things go that we've been holding on to that are preventing us from living in peace peace um, internally. So that, you know, it could be we're harboring unforgiveness or bitterness or, um, you know, there's someone that we don't have a good relationship with anymore or are fighting or, you know, it could be lots and lots of things. But often the Holy Spirit will invite us to let things go so we can live in the peace of Christ. And then, like I said earlier, there is acceptance of what is, which doesn't equal agreement. Um, and so peace, like love, is not an us versus them thing. It's a we. Um, one of the, hold on, let me find it. Ah, yes. So in Colossians chapter three, verse 13, verse 15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. So it doesn't matter, really. Like if we take this seriously, it doesn't matter if we're Presbyterian or United Church of Christ, one of the many United Churches of Christ, uh, if we're Catholic or Messianic Jew, like if we call ourselves Christians and have the peace of Christ in our hearts, we are one body. You know, the 200,000 different denominations, um, we're one body in many, many ways. Um, now, I'm sure some people might disagree with me in that, but if we take a, what I'll call a universal view of this, this is what God invites us to, I think. Um, and so one of the things that, uh, that this book that I was reading, um, said is that we are ultimately all accountable to God alone as judge. And that's from Romans 14. If you want something really interesting to chew on, that will probably challenge you, uh, read Romans 14 this week. Um, and then pray for enlightenment and see what you get. So, and when we look forward to that day of judgment, our differences here and now should begin to look much less significant. 
And he goes on to say, when we stand before the judgment seat of God, what difference will it make that I was an enthusiastic charismatic and you stuck seriously to very sober worship? At least in many of the churches that I've been in, the worship wars is not an, you know, an over-exaggeration of uh, the issue. <laughs> or what difference will it make that I was a Brazilian Pentecostal and you were a Western Anglican? What difference will it make that I thought the millennium should have come first, but you thought it had already happened? And so if we're looking at the judgment day, if we're looking of how we are going to stand before God on that day, whenever that day is, and I do not profess to know, at the judgment seat of Christ, if it's not going to matter then, why do we let it matter now? That's a hard question. A very hard question. But it's, a, it's the challenge. Jesus never, ever said, you going and, and following me is going to be easy. You know, there in the Sermon on the Mount a couple times, he's like, yeah, you bless the people who persecute you. With, you know, the insinuation that we will be persecuted, <laughs> you know, from, from Luke, love your enemies. What does that mean? You know, like there's so many times that Jesus is like, my burden is easy, but you have to be connected to me in order to participate in that. Just like peace. We can have peace in the midst of turmoil. And so there's these peace pieces or pieces of peace uh, with God and then of God, right? So those are, the, those are the internal things that we can ask the Holy Spirit to, to blossom in us, to ripen um, as fruit of the Spirit. And the third thing, which goes to what I just read in that question of, if it's not gonna matter standing at the judgment seat of God, why do we let it break us up into different factions and you know, have disagreements here? Is that we are called to work at peace as Christians. Uh, in many ways, because all humanity is created in the image of God. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter what color you are. None of that matters because we are all created in the image of God. And we all can have access to this peace that Jesus promises. And so we need to take a hard look at what is God asking of us? And that's probably different for each one of us in this room. Uh, we need to listen to what or, or how God is nudging us. But we also need to take a look at our responsibility in terms of sowing seeds of dissension or in disagreements. You know, are we starting or prolonging issues through gossip, manipulation, or half-truths? All of these things break down peace. Um, and so... It's one of these things that's kind of circular in terms of looking at our responsibility in things, um, being willing to take responsibility for what is ours, but also acknowledge what is not. Um, then 
look at how we are extending peace to people uh, and what, what that looks like. And it goes around in a circle. Uh, and sometimes things end badly. Like we can't, we can't control if we try and extend peace and the other person doesn't receive it or is unwilling to, to work through any, you know, the disagreement. We can't control that. But, you know, there's olive branches for reasons, right? And so we're invited to, to make peace, make peace within our own hearts, uh, make peace with God. Uh, and I think the thing that as I have been praying for peace for me uh, in the fruit of the spirit, it's gone through a bit of a transition in some ways. Like before it, it honestly was contentment um, in relationship with God, others and creation. It was one of those strange things where, where peace and joy felt very similar um, internally for me. But now it's gone almost to, um, I can't say that I'm completely free from fear because things always pop up, right? That's our journey. Um, we are not 100% sanctified on this planet, but I am learning what it is to live in freedom from fear and want. And that's an amazingly powerful thing to not be tethered to, um, you know, oh, how am I going to pay my heating bill? Or, oh, you know, did I say the wrong thing here? Uh, or whatever it might be, right? And each of you, I'm sure, have your own uh, things that are popping to your head and that you're thinking of in this. We have, we have an amazing gift in Christ Jesus. If willing to really do the work and not only take responsibility for our own stuff, but be willing to go out into the world and make peace. It's an invitation that is scary and that we do need so much of right now, I think, anyway. Um, especially because it's political season. People just aren't very calm, which we'll get to in a couple weeks. <laughs> Um, but you know this this piece of bridging the gap between the internal and the external as we work on our internal peace it then flows out so that we want to be at peace with our neighbors or we want to um, you know we see a problem and you know try and bring god's love and peace into the situation there are so many beautiful ways that we can we can help people as we are growing and ripening in the fruit of the spirit. And so just as with the other two weeks, um, if you will turn to the back of your bulletin, and I made it a bit bigger today. I realized that it was a fairly small font, um, and so I made it a little bit bigger. Let us pray this prayer by John Stott from the book Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit by Christopher Wright. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen.